Hey, a little note on audio quality on the show today. I brought my field recorder over to Lenny and Clarissa's so we could have a nice, safe, socially distanced conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, we live in the south end of Seattle. It's it's loud. There there are planes. There are cars, freeways. There's just lots of stuff. So I think it adds to the character. But just so I had you know, a little heads up, it'll uh, sound a little more like a gorilla recording style today. And I, I personally like stuff like that. So uh, yeah. On with on it onward and upwards, onward and upward. Yeah, and also one more note: um, we we're going to talk about some new after later audio modules uh, in the intro and in the actual episode. And the one that is released this week will be released on Wednesday, the twenty ninth. If you're listening on Monday or Tuesday, uh, be on the lookout. July twenty ninth, tilt from after later audio. All right, that's it. That's it for pre-show announcements. This week's episode is brought to you by Patchworks. Patchworks is a lovely little scent shop here in Seattle, Washington. But don't fret. If you don't live in Seattle, you can get stuff delivered to you because it's 2020. Explore different modules from Mystic Circuits, 4MS, WMD, after later audio, recovery effects, AI synthesis, dope fur, and much more. Not just modular, all sorts of different synthesizer type gear. Samplers, keyboards. Just, you know, don't take my word for it. Head over to patchworks.com and check it out for yourself. P A T C H W E R K S.com. That's patchworks.com. And this week's episode is also brought to you by Needham Woodworks the finest Euro rack cases in all the land, please head to needhamwoodworks.com to learn more. Welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. I'm very excited this week because I get to talk to a couple of my friends. And uh, as you know, I, I often become friends uh, with people that I talk to on the show. Um, we, we have a chat, hit it off, and then become friendly. Um, and then sometimes, on an occasion, uh, I'll get to talk to people who are already my friends. And that, that's, that's way more rare in this show. So when it does get to happen, I'm very excited about it. And this week, we have Lenny and Clarissa Helton from After Later Audio. Um, and I'm so excited to finally get to talk about the new modules. Actually, Lenny's going to talk about them a whole lot here in a moment. Um, but before we get into this conversation, I just want to say thank you to all you Patreon subscribers. It, it really means a lot to me. You're helping to keep the LEDs blinking over here. And uh, I say this without any hyperbole that this show could not exist in its current capacity without your support. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I'm also going to, I'm starting to put more 
exclusive content up there. I put, I put a pretty cool video. Well, it was it was an experiment, and it was I gathered some data by shooting this video because um, it's something that I do want to do, in, um, you know, in the future. But this was kind of a recon mission, and it didn't quite turn out the way that I wanted it to. Um, but it's still. I think it's still pretty fun, um, so I posted that on Patreon, and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what it is because it's that that's that's the whole point of this Patreon thing is for you uh, to get a little something extra. I will give you a hint. I did go camping last weekend, and I brought my modular with me, so there's a hint on what this mystery video is. Um, yeah, I've just been really enjoying uh, bringing my, my, my modular around to different places. If you saw my performance on Colorado Modular Synth Society's uh, festival a few weekends ago, you, you'll, you, see, you saw, I can't talk, you saw that I had uh, went to three different places in Seattle and, uh, you know, used an inverter from my car to power my synth, my synth and just recorded with some cool backgrounds. And that's kind of become a thing that I want to do more. So I've been, I've been going and scouting locations and doing some, some shoots. So, um, I'm hoping to do like a, like an hour long live stream soon. That's going to be just kind of like almost like a television program that I'm putting together, like a variety show or something. Um, so yeah, all of that is to say I couldn't do stuff like that without Patreon. And the more people who sign up, the better equipment and more time I will have to do stuff like that. So if you want to see me explode beyond just the uh, weekly podcast and try to get into the video realm and do more, uh, every little bit of Patreon support will help me achieve that. Um, and to just keep things going as it is. So, so seriously, once again, thank you so much. Um, coming up right now, before we get into this chat... I just want to show you this little drum patch that I made. I got I got two different drum beats going into uh, Void Modular's Serious Veil, um, and I'm using two different tilts from Afterlayer Audio to control uh, two different cutoffs because it's it's a dual filter. Um, and then I'm also using the WMD Metron and Volterra sequencer combo um, to uh, sequence the resonance, the one volt per octave in for the resonance. Um, and then I'm also using it to do all those cool breakdowns like that uh, with the fill effects. So, um, and one of the, what's really cool, I mentioned it earlier about the, the tilt, is it has an end of rise and end of fall output on it, a little trigger. So I'm actually triggering one uh, with the other. So like as one ends, as one tilt uh, slope ends, it triggers the next one to go up. So it kind of gives a cool stereo uh, effect here. And then I'm also using um, different gates to open, not open, but to change between the states on each side of this filter. So each gate is, is hitting, every time it hits one of these state inputs, it goes from low pass to uh, it goes from low pass to notch to high pass to band pass, I believe. And so that gives it this, this a lot more movement. So percussive patches, if you give it enough to grab onto filter-wise with the harmonics, by switching around with the, the, the states, um, it adds just a whole other element of really, really cool, glitchy uh, movement within a percussive patch, as you can hear here. And I'll just, uh, I'll just let you listen to this for a few moments, and then we will get into our episode with After Later Audio. Also, don't forget the new... Uh, 
Waveform Magazine is out. So if you haven't subscribed, please head over to waveformmagazine.com. It, it's just, they've get, they're getting better and better with each issue. Um, just so so proud to be a part of it every once in a while and so proud to see my uh, my, my friends in, in, in my local scene doing such cool things. Anyways, let's get into this chat. Please check out Void Modular, uh, Sirius's Veil. It's such a fun filter. I'm not super stoked that I have that I'm wearing a mask during it, but you can take it off. <sighs> six foot, six foot. Oh, all right, I'm gonna take it off. I feel I feel irresponsible. I understand the feeling. <laughs> um, but we're sitting at After Later Audio Headquarters in South Seattle um, with Lenny and Clarissa. How are you guys? Doing well. Yeah, Doing well. Good. You guys are quarantining all right. Staying safe? Yeah. Staying safe? How about sane? <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. Most, Most of the time. time. Just moments of insanity. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, like, in general, how has that been? I, I, at first, when this started, I wanted to, like, try to shy away from it, but it's, like, it's such a part of our, re- our reality that I think it'd be a disservice to reality to get away from it, but we don't have to stick on it too much. But. Yeah. No, it's actually uh, from a, a work perspective, from both work perspectives, at the day job and the night job of, of, of After Later, it's uh, um, been quite nice to have the additional focus time that I used to spend driving across the, across the bridges uh-huh. and uh, sitting in the glorious uh, Seattle traffic, um, being able to regain that time and put that towards you know, a combination of both family and uh, yeah. um, After Later design. So you had nice. to go to Bellevue, right? Redmond. Redmond. Yeah, that's not a fun drive to do yeah. pre-COVID times. Yeah. yeah, we feel really fortunate that, that Lenny's day job is one that can be done remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also in the fortunate position to have our kids be a little bit older and they can manage a lot of their schoolwork online um, on their own. So uh, it hasn't put too much pressure on us. And probably we'll get to this aspect of after later and probably not much has changed for you Clarissa, no but right? for me it's the same except <laughs> everyone's in my space yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. well and I'm kind of always I'm always curious to ask people with kids and especially with yours they're both teenagers right or almost uh, 12 we, and 15 12 and 15 yeah like that seems like maybe one of the hardest ages to go through this at. I could imagine that being pretty hard for they're, they're th- old enough to understand it, but it's still like the social aspect. Yeah, the social aspect, yeah. I, I think, has certainly been... Yeah, they miss their friends. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure, but with all the... Uh, cert, uh, um, taking classes online, and even outside of the regular school classes, they have a, a number of classes that, that they take, and so they're able to at least stay in touch and on a uh, sometimes daily basis uh, be able to interact yeah. uh, with, with their friends. So Yeah, they're old enough to be technology-abled, so they, right. they can manage that to some degree. And I was one. I'm. I'm kind of wondering too. With, uh, like, I don't know. I'm gonna. Is this me sounding old now? But like, with with their generation, with all you know, so much social media, FaceTiming, so much interaction already being on, right? Like, like digitally. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I wonder if maybe that has softened the blow. Um, yeah. In yeah. a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, it remains to be seen. I guess. Yeah. yeah. See how and, they reflect on it. 
10 years from now. Yeah, that'll be, those will be interesting books. Mm -hmm. um, If you have books by then. They're they're both also very self-motivated folks, so Mm -hmm. they are uh, doing our projects and doing technology projects and doing doing all kinds of stuff. uh, You know, mostly on their own, mostly unsupervised. Okay, and I imagine like there, it seems like they're probably right at the age where they're like not too old to think that mom and dad are still cool. Right. So they they still they're still okay with our company. For the most part. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's got their own room now, so we really get, we we're able to free up some extra space in the house. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. So, you guys are from Chicago, correct? We Chicago, are. yeah. And you, let's 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 find our way to module manufacturing. <laughs> and was there like if you were to go back when you guys met, what? How long ago? Fifteen. Oh, oh, I was no. 15 and Lenny was 17 when we met. Oh, really? Oh, you guys 30, 30 something years oh, ago. Okay, so you guys were like in high school. When yes. You met. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So go back then. You probably <laughs> wouldn't even know what a modular synthesizer was, probably. No. No, <laughs> no idea. No. I, I, I knew what a synth was. And yeah, that was just right. about it. Yeah. Because so you guys were both kind of in like a, the house, into the house stuff, right? The Chicago house was, was definitely, I mean, so I, I was in this kind of weird place where I was. Uh, um, uh, going to school when I, I was in there going to college. This isn't when we met. It was after we met, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I went was going to school in Detroit, but living or having been from Chicago and going back to Chicago, so having Chicago house, having Detroit techno, I was mm-hmm. literally going between both of the, uh, the, the 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 two big dance music scenes. And that would have been around the heyday of both of those. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was good times. Yeah, absolutely good times. Like big warehouse shows and stuff. Yeah. Lots, yes. lots of warehouses. So yeah, so uh, just to uh, work with a buddy that we actually uh, met uh, when we were uh, together at a at a party in Champagne, uh, Ur- Urbana Champagne, and um, uh, anyways, I ended up uh, working with him and uh, doing a bunch of um, uh, rave promotion and putting on raves all across uh, Chicago and. Being a DJ and playing playing shows and yeah, getting to travel around the U.S. and uh, oh, really? You're like tra- you were a traveling. De- so was, you were professionally a DJ. For yes. A while? Yeah, that was all I did for a number of years. I don't think I knew yeah. that. S- still have the still have the vinyl downstairs. <laughs> yeah, thousand plus pieces of Chicago house yeah, and Detroit been, techno. We've been moving all that vinyl around the country for yeah. a long time. <laughs> I don't hear about that ever. <laughs> <laughs> There's a closet dedicated to vinyl in every house. Oh my gosh! Now, is that something that the kids think is cool, or is that? Are... I think they do actually. Yeah, I, I think the vinyl aspect, especially with its resurgence and it being a you know very uh, niche and, and cool thing again, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think carries some weight there. And I imagine with like you know electronic music being like super popular now, and it's kind of like invaded pop and literally all tight all mm-hmm. genres yeah. there's the electronic like you might have some street ke- cred with your kids you're like that's your DJ <laughs> so what about you Chris were you were you in the I didn't play music I, I was there to dance uh-huh. <laughs> um, glow sticks I, in hand yeah exactly exactly and um, did you guys ever do the pacifier thing uh, not particularly <laughs> that was a little bit after our time actually <laughs> yeah I think that was 
Yeah, that was more like uh, trance. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. We were pretty early '90s. Okay, so you guys met. Did you start dating in high school? Yes, we did. And you guys have been together since high school? No, no. Okay. I was going to say, how did you handle the whole traveling around DJ lifestyle? <laughs> well, a lot of that was happening when I was away at college. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 I missed a lot of the travel, travel section. <laughs> um, where did you go to college? I went to Antioch College in Ohio, Yale okay. Springs, Ohio. It's a very small liberal arts school. Okay. So you're talking about going to Detroit from Chicago. And what I noticed when I lived in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which blew my mind, because well, let me backtrack that. Being from Washington, it's not like you do go play shows in Portland, but, um, you know, we don't, I don't know, like, it's still a long ways to go for us in Seattle. Like, it, it would be like, you'd want to get a worthwhile show. You're not going to go out for a Wednesday night show. Yeah. But something that I noticed about people in the Midwest, or maybe it was just a Kalamazoo thing, but it sounds like you had a little bit of it. Like, I had a friend who was in a band who would, I'm going to a show... We're playing a show on Wednesday night in Duluth or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like that's three states away. Like yeah. that was. It seemed like travel for mu- musicians out in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. They were, like it seems like they're way more willing. And maybe it's just because there's like a things are closer together. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Minnesota to Michigan. That's that's yeah. like going to yeah, like, yeah, San that's Francisco for yeah. us yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you don't have the mountains in the way. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. not weather dependent, and you could right. get up to Milwaukee and Minneapolis and. Indianapolis pretty easily. Yeah. And that whole, like, I mean, the Midwest, it's, it's crazy to think that the Midwest was kind of like this almost breeding ground for a lot of this electronic music, mm-hmm. right? Like Detroit is like, yeah, a Detroit. Place, yeah, right? Exactly. That's, yeah. That's crazy. So yeah. Getting to watch R- Richie Houghton and yeah. Robert Mills and, you know, and the dirty, dirty dungy warehouses <laughs> and Yeah. <laughs> Then going out and walking, I remember walking the, because uh, um, I was I was in school in Flint, uh, which was no, uh, uh, what well, wasn't a, uh, a yeah great place to be back then either. Yeah. Um, but um, I remember, I mean, Detroit's uh, gone through quite the quite the uh, change since I was there. I remember walking the streets, and I mean, it was probably the first like I don't know eight floors of of skyscrapers every window completely busted out um and uh uh, but having shows you know just blocks away from there uh because they could Uh so just like they just like take over places without permission right it's just kind of like when i was there at the shows i was going i think they were mostly uh leased um but i mean at least in yeah it they they were leased from the landowners and not necessarily saying that they were legal events, uh-huh. but th- there was at least some agreement because uh, you 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 usually needed to work with some type of local law enforcement uh, in order to uh, uh, gain some type of informal or formal permission. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm, now, I don't know anything about this, but I'm just guessing now that I'm listening to this. So, like, I imagine those leases would have been cheap right to get these spaces like when was that maybe a lucrative like thing to do is throw throw these these shows well the poor kind of the difficult part really it it ended up being that landowners would be working with law enforcement to create a safe space Uh for you to be able to have music up way too loud Uh um i mean right because this is you know 
right. loud, loud stuff that you hear for a long ways away. Uh-huh. I mean, blocks uh-huh. often, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so it was uh, landowners and law enforcement working together to create those spaces. And then they would, the first time, you'd probably get away with it. And then when they realized that you were charging, you know, 25 bucks uh, a uh, head uh-huh. and you were getting th- thousands of kids. Um, but then uh, um, the, the next time, uh, <laughs> what it wasn't so cheap. <laughs> Sense. <laughs> and, and there's only so many of those that you can find where you can find that uh, the unification of uh, law enforcement and and a good and a good space and you know far enough away from people where you're not going to have a an an, up, uh, an uprising against mm-hmm. your event. Okay, all right. So I want to bridge this gap here of <laughs> so you're you're traveling DJ. First, you're in school for um, acupuncture, correct? Or is that uh, that was for my undergrad? That was for your so undergrad. So it's just a um, liberal arts degree. Okay. Yeah. All right. Was there like a specific focus in that, or just kind of mm-hmm. like a... yeah? I studied um, holistic medicine. Okay. I was preparing for acupuncture school essentially. Okay. Um, but I didn't. I started acupuncture school once I got back to Chicago after I got my uh, bachelor's degree, and that's when Lenny and I found each other again. Okay. Um, I was actually working for his mom. <laughs> had it really gone far away, but yeah, I was, uh, she had a small um, uh, fashion business, and I did oh. her manufacturing. So oh, manufacturing cool. was not a foreign concept to me when we started doing uh, manufacturing models. and accounting. Okay, all right. <laughs> yes, yes. I read okay, this is. I see the the uh, puzzle there's a pattern here. Together. Okay, all right. So you're going yeah. to school, working for Lenny's mom, and then are you still DJing? But, so I was DJing in school, um, then after school, um, uh, essentially, I uh, played, you know, played records for a number of years, um, but then, um, also, so I was in for electrical engineering school, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, I decided to stop that, play, play music for a while, and then discovered that they, they like to pay people that write software money. <laughs> well, go first, go back okay. a little bit, because you did work for Radic. For his record company. Yeah, for the record company. So, so Radic uh, uh, ran Dust Tracks and a whole series of record labels. So I worked there, and that was where I uh, discovered writing software and being able to um, do that. And help. so I, I wrote a, a application for to help run that business, um, and then essentially took that and uh, yeah, just started piling on that and and. Building a, a career in software, um, and did you go to school for that, or did you just start building a? Resume? I just started. I, I just started. I mean, as a kid, um, I would write database programs and and uh, di- database applications, and um, uh, yeah, just Sound became like comfortable com- in scripting languages, okay. and you know, uh, playing around. So Commodore sixty four days. Not quite then. Not quite a little bit that? after that, eighty eighty six. So um, okay. you know. We, Windows 3.1, you know, okay. the the later DOS years, yeah. um, that that was more my speed. Before, like, well, I guess, what, what did I have? What was it for me? It's like Macintosh. It was like oh, the Square they, Macintosh. Yeah. That, that was, 2? 2E, yeah. 2C. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know. You, the ones were Oregon Trail. I, I had Oregon Trail. Yeah. <laughs> I have a case for one of those downstairs that I found at RePC oh, that man. I picked up. So it's literally an empty case that I, one day, one day I will retrofit with you know, some type of interesting synth gear, but yeah, not. I, what if you made something that was kind of like a vidiot, but like had its own screen? A vidiot? I don't know what a vidiot is. That's like the LZX. It's basically like modular video processes. Oh, okay. Uh, Bradley has one. Um, okay. Yeah, that was 
medical sidebar. Okay, yeah. so, so but you got your you have an E degree, or that's no. what you're studying. But yeah, that's that's what I studied, and then uh, again was having too much fun playing records and um, uh, hanging out with friends, um, and so uh, I I, uh, I cut that out and I went. And I actually ended up going to school in Chicago for a little bit. Um, uh, to Columbia, Columbia College, College. <laughs> and uh, studied there for roughly a year in uh, sound engineering and then um, uh, um, yeah uh, ended up going into uh, software from there so okay um, and you've been out here for what you guys have been out here for a while right 16 years yeah yeah Coming up, yeah, mm-hmm. 15, 15, 16 years, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So I imagine it was software engineering that brought you out here? Yeah, it was uh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile? Uh, so okay. I, it was actually my, uh, I took a job there actually as an administrative assistant. Oh, okay. um, And the guy I was uh, supposed to be an admin for quit the day that I started. And so they literally, but it was in the boom of the 2000s, right? It was, it was uh, uh, late 99. Um, and they just wanted warm bodies. And so they just kept me there. And then they... Uh, so I was essentially this like free agent roaming the hallway okay. there, and so I, they had a bunch of software work that needed to get done. So I slowly started doing that, doing more and doing more, um, and then after being there for three or four years, um, I had built a team of uh, uh, application developers um, at uh, T-Mobile, and then I uh, uh, we ended up the, the corporate office had hunted him here yeah. and, okay. and brought him brought him out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wait. So you were in T-Mobile in Chicago, and then got okay. And then and then reload out to here. And and so by then you were you just finishing up school then? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. He actually moved out here before I was done. So I finished school there. We did a lot of travel back and forth. And um, the week after I graduated, I moved out. Okay. And then, um, so were you guys married by then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And pregnant with our first. I was daughter. just gonna say, yeah. it sounds like you guys must have moved out here and then almost immediately had a. Exactly. Math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Um, and then you, um, when did you open your practice? You had a practice so, here for a while, right? Yeah. So I, I did some work for another acupuncturist um, up on Queen Anne um, while I was still pregnant and. Um, then after I took a bit of maternity time, um, I, I opened up my own practice, and, and I did that for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and then jump. what happened? Yeah, I know. And then I know, because I don't want to jump the gun too much, but you guys, you guys came about owning a modular company in a pretty bizarre way. Yeah, we didn't set out to do it. <laughs> it, it's, it wasn't a plan. Yeah, no. so... I don't even know how to set this up, so why don't you guys... Uh, sure. Uh, so, um, I... What's the best way to uh, uh, well, intro this? As a hobby, you were fixing vintage Marantzes yeah. and selling them on eBay, you know, uh, refurbished, refurbishing speakers, just as, uh, you know, as a side project mm-hmm. while he... At that point, you were working at Microsoft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so doing the, the, the restores and uh, buying off Craigslist, you can't do that anymore. I mean, you could buy a, a vintage Marantz off of Craigslist back then for 25 bucks. Uh-huh. Uh, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I um, uh, was doing that work. And then 
uh, took a bit of a break from that. And then um, I actually had a friend at Microsoft, a colleague there, loan me a, a Korg Electribe or the Electribe 2. Mm-hmm. And Is that something with like the tubes in it? No, it was the, it was the, it was the model after that. Oh, okay. um, but... Um, he he loaned it to me and it was had the sampler built into it and right this whole groove box thing going on um, and so I got to playing with it and started getting the itch again because back when I was DJ I was also doing music production as well so mm-hmm. I put out a uh, track back then um, and uh, so getting back into playing with synths and then of course I had one then I wanted to get another and then I heard about this whole modular synth thing and I was like that's a rabbit hole don't go down that rabbit hole because you're never going to come out of that rabbit hole um, and uh, then um, got the bug for starting to build my own essentially uh, that was the only way I decided I could afford mm-hmm. getting into your rack uh, was to was to essentially start doing a bunch of DIY stuff and essentially shortly after that, um, or right around that time period, was in a car accident, um, which wasn't a, a really a major incident in that like there were ambulances or anything. It was just a, a I was I was rear-ended, parked at a at a red light, um, and uh, it ended up. But I ended up with a pretty severe concussion from it that ended up lasting a a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, not being able to, because um, uh, while you're recovering from a concussion, you're supposed to be you know, severely minimizing screen time, uh, so, you know, no reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, uh, I was working with a specialist at this point and trying to figure out what I could do because there's only so much of going for a walk, yeah. um, which they even want you to, minim- to minimize f- physical activity so it was um trying to figure out what i actually could do was was hard Mm -hmm. um and you had to take off work during this time yeah and i was off work i mean this is where i was uh um one of the big memories that sticks in my head was i was uh, reorganizing the spice rack um and so we have our own spices and our own bottles and we you know mail order in and um and so i was doing a full cleaning of the spice rack get everything out empty every bottle and then I was trying to put them back in and alphabetize them. That was like an hour-long event. It was, it, and it was terrifyingly difficult. And I just, I just remember this like feeling of panic of how hard it was to alphabetize oh my the spices. And you know, and you get this, you, you uh, kind of catastrophize uh, in, in those moments of it's never going to get better. I'm always going to be stuck like that. Mm-hmm. But. Um, uh, Anyway, so I was trying to find something that I could do. Um, and uh, one of the things that uh, we, we, in talking with the specialist, um, that uh, um, seemed to have fit in well was soldering, essentially, and building my own. Uh, and so that was when I got uh, the, the uh, Nava kit and the uh, Yocto kit from uh, Electronic or Electronique out of, out of uh France okay. uh, to build my own 808 909 replicas okay. um, and uh, it was all through hole soldering so it was a little bit easier than trying to do SMD or anything yeah. like that um, and so I uh, just sat uh, for hours a day doing that um, and building 
And then that, um, you know, as I started feeling better, slowly moving into surface mount, starting to do surface mount soldering and uh, just keep doing DIY stuff. And the thing that I decided to do, uh, which I thought was brilliant, um, don't know how, how this time will tell if that's true or not, uh, which was to make two of everything. Uh, so when I wanted, so then I could make one for myself and then I could trade one for something that wasn't available as a DIY instrument. Right. And I think actually you ended up uh, with, with potentially with one of those. Oh, yeah, um, as, that's how we met. Yeah, exactly. We traded on, face for, on Facebook. What did we trade? I don't remember. Uh, I either but it was, gave you or got a no coast from you. I, I still have your no coast. Okay, I, so I love the no coast. I traded you uh, a no coast for... Yeah, something. Now I want to remember. I don't yeah, know. exactly. Anyways. Oh, I think it was a, a, a clouds with a wood panel. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, peaks, I think. So, yes. So, uh, so I was building extras um, and, yeah, and uh, uh, trading them. So I'd put them up for trade and then uh, people would ask for, hey, can, can I get a, hey, can I get a? And so then I realized, oh, okay, maybe I'll get two and just make two and make them available for sale. And, yeah, that just has slowly transformed into what, what's turned into After Later Audio. I think it snowballed pretty quickly, actually. Yeah. Isn't there also, like, an aspect of, like, you had to do some sort of mock thing for work or something? Oh, so I, um, at work, I took on a position, the job that I'm, uh, I've been in this whole time, uh, which was uh, part of the job focused on uh, supply chain and, and uh, managing a silicon, would be working with people that are managing silicon manufacturing as well as hardware manufacturing mm -hmm. um, and developing tools for those people. Uh, and um, I didn't really know what went into that or the challenges, um, and it was kind of hard to um, immerse myself in that without actually doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I decided to. It was part of the the aspect of um, uh, starting after later was trying to experiment with different uh, means of running the supply chain. Okay. Uh, so there's been, we've done a lot of experiments um, with how to run it. And in the middle of one right now, I was prepping before I came up uh, uh, for, uh, uh, for this, uh, was uh, uh, prepping for yet our uh, next experiment in uh, how to run a okay. supply chain for Because you have, I feel like you've, you've been fine tuning that for a while and maybe you've kind of helped a couple other manufacturers around the area kind of figuring <laughs> out some... I, we're, we're certainly big advocates of uh, trying to trying uh, trying to simplify. Uh, so yeah, I've had 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 a number of uh, talks w with folks and trying to encourage folks uh, to make the the move over uh, to surface mount and then leverage because uh, once the whole idea of surface mount um, and the the benefit there is that it's a lot easier for a robot to assemble. Mm -hmm. um, so I think one of the I think it's fun uh, to do it a, a handful of times and learn the process and get good at to get good with an iron and be able to kind of hand assemble with surface mount but really uh the big um the, the big step forward there is the is the simplicity that a robot can pick up a part and connect it to a set of pads yeah. uh, rather than having to try to thread a little thing through a hole and trying to flip it over and solder it yeah. well it saves you guys all sorts of time too right because then um well, I don't want to jump the gun too much, but basically it, free, it makes your job easier, right, Chris? Because you do the little stuff. Absolutely. So you just have, like, basically jacks and pots most of the time, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, which I guess, no, this is a good time to transition into your role into it, because... <laughs> um, so 
I think, well, one thing I'll say is I think our community definitely, like, started kind of glomming on to you once they saw you popping up on the, the when you started developing your make one, trade one yeah. thing. I, I saw that kind of explode, and I took advantage of it, too. Like, hey, can I, actually, could I get one of these? And, like, yeah. everybody wanted, and I think it's because the, the smaller versions of stuff was, you know, space yeah. is so limited. I think that is a huge thing. Yeah, and, um, the, and it's been really one of the big things that I, I've, I've quickly realized was that um, the market at the time, back uh, just a few years ago, was really focused for the micros, was focused on people that could build it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and the realization in just trying to trade one um, was that there's a, a lot of people wanted them to save the rack space. They wanted totally. the functionality, yeah. they wanted it packed into a smaller space, mm -hmm. but they didn't have the means or capability to do it themselves. Yeah. Um, and or the so, desire, not everybody. Exactly, wants. or the desire. Right. Um, yeah. And so it was create, uh, being able to offer that to folks, offer them th that uh, flexibility, and at the same time still uh, try to stay as uh, uh, true as we could to the, um, uh, giving the original owner's space to uh, uh, continue to make their product. Mm -hmm. um, so this starts getting a little out of hand for you guys, right? <laughs> that is, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, Lenny's still working full-time at his job, and he's coming home evenings and going down to his man cave and building modules and shipping them. And he's doing all of that on his own. And I'm still running my acupuncture practice and getting the kids to their classes. And, mm -hmm. um, it becomes, it becomes to the point where we just don't get to see him in, you know, because he's always working. So, um, I think actually you were on a business trip in London. Um, and there were some orders, like people had said, I want this. And, so he walked me through getting the shipments out, mm -hmm. just something so simple. And once I did that... This is clouds. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is where, where it really started because I realized that, gosh, I could do that part. I could put things in boxes and take them to the post office, and that would free up a little bit of his time. And pretty soon it's like, well, I could probably put the pieces on the PCBs for you, and then you do the soldering, and that would save, up, save a little more time. But in the meantime, more and more people are wanting what he's making mm -hmm. um so i'm spending i'm spending my evenings now putting modules together and he's soldering and it doesn't actually free up any time <laughs> um and that goes on for what a year maybe um and at the same time i was becoming more and more dissatisfied with my work with my own business mm -hmm. um i i love acupuncture and i i think it's an amazing medicine and i had a wonderful clients but I was just not feeling inspired by it anymore mm -hmm. um, and the stress of, of running an entire practice on my own um, just didn't feel right anymore and I knew I needed to change something and we had a discussion about what to do and I thought well what if um, you teach me how to solder and I do do that just while I figure out what I want to do with my business mm -hmm. so I learned how to solder Lenny taught me and um, so I started doing more and more of that, and at one point we just decided, let's close the acupuncture practice, and I'll just do this. Well, it was last summer. We said, mm -hmm. well, I'll do this for the summer, and then in the fall I'll find an, a new acupuncture situation. I'll join someone else's practice or um, open up a new practice closer to home or something something more inspiring to me. 
and then fall came and went, and winter came and went. And, and if, I, if I could, I, I think that also Velocity, the event oh, yeah. here back in yeah. Seattle in, in October, was uh, a fairly instrumental mm-hmm. in giving that uh, feeling of community and the kind of great community support here in the entire Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just such a friendly, um, great group of folks to be a part of mm-hmm. um, and uh, essentially standing out at a table for an entire day <laughs> and having people come by and um, uh, um, appreciate the work mm-hmm. um, and want to learn more and uh, I think it, I, 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 for me it was inspiring I think for you it, I think I, it was um, I think you're right I mean part of it was being surprised by how many people there I already knew mm-hmm. that I had already come in contact with um, through you know people coming to the house to um, trade or um, people we had run into that Lenny had met that now I knew um, a combination of that and also feeling super welcomed um, mm-hmm. it, yeah and that's a feeling I hadn't had for a long time with my work mm-hmm. um, one of the things that's really nice about doing this work for me is that the sense of accomplishment is very tangible. Yeah. You know, the hour that I spend building, I can look at the table and see the results of it right there, mm-hmm. um, which isn't true for medicine, right? It's right. a little more vague mm-hmm. of when you have success or when you, you know, it, it, it takes a while too. Exactly. Yeah. It takes a lot more time and, um, you don't always know what your results are because mm-hmm. a lot of times when people feel better, they don't come back. And yeah. so you don't know what the results yeah. were of your work. And this is a very straightforward, I spent this amount of time. These are the things that I made. I can look at them. I can ship them. I get responses from people of appreciation mm-hmm. when that, you know, when they get their orders and, so anyway, so so now I'm in it. I'm in it full time, and and this yeah. is my job now. A lot a lot of it now is turning more toward the business side of it, of mm-hmm. managing the QuickBooks and figuring out taxes and and all of that kind of work. Yeah, um, how much did your? I imagine acupuncture is a very steady hand, intricate. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, putting the needles in very specific places. Did, yeah. did, did you find that that transferred Absolutely. to soldering? Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. And, and it goes back to the work I did for Lenny's mom. You know, mm-hmm. sewing sewing yeah. fabric oh, yeah. and working with needles in the same same sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm very tactile, and mm-hmm. um, I do think that the work is similar in that sense. So do you get, like, so do you enjoy, like, like you guys, well, it's probably now it's become a, a bit more of a job, but is it still, is it like fun? Is it still fun? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, most of the time, yes. Yeah. Most of the time, yes. Yeah. Um, Good podcast work, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I listen to you every Monday. Um, there's a few other podcasts that I'll, that I'll play and, um, you know, just in the background as I'm working, but, um, the, the hard part about having a home business for anyone is, is creating good boundaries around work versus home time. Yeah. Um, COVID made that harder for me. For, it, I probably I, probably everybody is yeah. now facing that, that thing um, yeah. of knowing when to turn off the soldering iron and, and put it aside for... For the evening. Oh, mine's the opposite. It's knowing when to turn on the When to turn it on. Turn on the turn Yeah. So, and well, as we're talking about kind of this, this kind of transition from just the soldering to the business aspect, like, um, 
I don't know. Was it was it your intention to kind of like start transitioning into original designs? Because I know like the clones thing was like it started as just kind of a like you were saying make yeah. one trade one. Yeah. Um, but now you're kind of ripping. I mean, I've been I've been teasing it on the show for a while. I'm excited to get to get into it and like actually tell people what these things that I've been teasing them about are for yeah. the last yeah. few months. But like, it seems like you've really taken off on the design side. And like, I guess is that kind of part of the biz the business side you were talking about? It's kind of so. So what I'm talking about is managing all of the business stuff. So that Lenny can do the engineering okay. and the design, mm-hmm. yeah, because like he's got. I mean, I can see it. His head is full of all of these <laughs> ideas for modules, and and he doesn't have time to get those ideas into into um, actual building reality. Yeah. into reality. Yeah. So the more I can do of the the other side of the business, the more he can time he can spend designing. And I've I've heard a lot of one one person operations, especially like Abe from AI is a good friend of mine. Yeah, it's something he's talked about a lot, and he laments that you know it's not a higher percentage of time spent designing because yeah. he does it all. So right. yeah, yeah, that's this I is th- a hard thing to do. As it's hard enough with two people, I'd, I with one person, so it would be really challenging. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's been a it's been a game changer um, since um, uh, she's come on to take on exactly exactly um, and then yeah so then there's um, uh, been a total of nine additional modules essentially been in the works and yeah so there's three <laughs> um, uh, that um, have been. Uh, um, painfully in the works for longer than it, than I wanted to, but also uh, certainly like to get each each detail right on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to put something out uh, unless I'm uh, incredibly proud of it. Yeah. Um, so have uh, kept iterating, and also um, I the after later designs uh, um, space and efficiency uh, efficient use of space is really important. Um, and so trying to fit, find additional um, uh, functionality that I can pack in, um, either add on to an existing switch, which is what I did with one of the modules, um, mm-hmm. or um, uh, just uh, um, figure out how to just you know, bolt on some additional functionality so that you can get and have a bit more u- utility out of the space. Um, so it's often right. what I find is you have a module and it's great in, in, in one in one situation, um, but I'm I'm trying to offer as, as much diversity as possible. So and this is something that I, I just put together, but it, I mean, well, it might not even be true, but it seemed like how much did because you know doing the clone stuff, you're basically doing the micro versions of yeah. these other things. Yes, um, and because they're micro and you know you're, they're cheaper, so it's it's cheaper than the original and smaller than the original. How much did that factor into how much did that influence your own designs, knowing that the reason people came to you right. in hordes is because it was smaller and cheaper? Yeah, exactly. Like, I know a lot of people say, like, oh, what's wrong with this? Like, there are, there are people who, who poo-poo the, the micro things and maybe even poo-poo clones, but the numbers don't lie. Most people who use this mm-hmm. stuff aren't purists about it. They want yeah. what's going to be best for their pocketbook we, and their system. We, we've certainly seen a big appreciation for the, for the size, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and so um, it, that's 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 definitely had an influence, and, and I hear people talk about, and I see um, um, 
conversations, hear conversations uh, about um, uh, how important uh, density is. And it's not necessarily that people don't want to buy a, you know, a 20 HP module, mm -hmm. but if it's a 20 HP module, it better be jam-packed yeah. full of 20 HP worth of usefulness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, uh, that's just uh, something that I've been was one of the early learnings um, and certainly has been really in influential in the in the um, in, in these next designs which I guess I can I should talk about now yeah. uh, uh, so uh, the yeah so 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 the next three coming up um, are um, tilt uh, which is a slew slew limiter f uh, function generator um, so you can uh, think of uh, uh, mass, uh, rampage, contour from journal log, uh, that those style modules. Mm -hmm. um, it's um, a bit unique uh, in that it combines um, all that functionality, but then also has an EDSR style envelope where you can pass in a gate um, and get uh, full EDSR so you have control over the sustain level on it, um, as well as it has both uh, bipolar and unipolar uh, oscillating modes now. Um, and then um, and a, a 10 uverter on the output, and we crammed all that into si 6HP of space. And two, uh, two end of cycle triggers, or end of rise. End of rise and end of fall triggers, yeah. um, as well as shape controls on both rise and fall. All in 6HP? All, all in 6HP. 6HP. Yeah. And this is the one that I've been teasing and been really wanting to talk about because it's the one that I'm most excited about because yeah. there's, I don't think there's anything in this family of module that has all those functions in that small of a package mm -hmm. and for the price that it's going to be. Exactly. It's, yeah, that's, yeah. I, that's in every patch I use. So, <laughs> and so like I'll be going through demos or something and I'm like, and this is an after later module I can't tell you about. <laughs> the super secret one. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, that is uh, one of them. Um, and again, yeah, I, I'm, I'm uh, really happy with that one. Um, I actually just uh, was playing with it myself. I, I don't get much time to sit and play, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but we were, um, I just went on a, on a quick road trip and uh, brought, a, brought a case along nice. and was playing with it and found, found something on it I wanted to tweak. Um, so I did a, put, that, put, put that final tweak in yesterday. So, um, Is that another order, like a PCBs? Is it yeah. that, oh, man. <laughs> So wait, it's okay. Many, it's okay. How, how many versions since? Cause, cause There's I, been a lot of versions. Oh, I know because I had one that was called Slopes. Yes, and exactly. Tilt. So I had like Slopes V2, and I think I have Tilt V1. Yeah, so this is, uh, I think you had a, a, a tilt prototype, might have been a V1. Anyways, this is uh, just, just V1.1. Okay. Um, but uh, th there's been a lot of versions of this, uh, but again, I get it back, play with it, and um, it's, I mean, learning all the bits of, you know, the technical design that I need to pay attention to and that I need to adjust. And mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, and again, I just, I think in those first versions, there wasn't the unipolar oscillating mode. There was just the bipolar oscillating mode, and so that was one of the last add-ons that I did. And the uh, shape, the shape of the rise and fall, because you can you can shape both of those envelopes, yeah. like the way it rises or falls. And I think one thing you changed um, from slopes was the to range. Tilt. Yeah, just it seemed like with slopes it was really touchy. Which I want to just say selfishly, it's been so much fun to like have you come over and me just show up on your doorstep and you just hand me a box. And you're like, <laughs> 
mess around with these for a month and tell me what you think. Like that's been uh, it's, it's been so much it's, fun. It's it's <laughs> it's great to get the feedback. Um, yeah. So 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 tilts um, uh, the uh, one of the three. If uh, the the first three that uh, came out were the, the Boss Filthy and um, uh, Envy, and so now we've got three more modules. Uh, for some reason, I like to release modules in threes. Anyway, so there's Tilt. Um, Steps is the next one. Um, and uh, as the name indicates, it's a, a Step CV generator. Mm-hmm. Um, but it um, also um, uh, has a burst generator built into it. Uh, and can uh, loop as well. So it's not. it can be in a random step mode as well as an eight-step uh, looping mode, and then there's a burst generator to give you a burst of, of eight notes, essentially, of eight Is steps. Is there a 16 step mode? Or? No, I got rid of the 16 okay. step mode so uh, for various way. reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a bit confusing from a user perspective to be only be able to burst eight but have 16 steps, um, and so I actually got rid of the 16 step mode. Uh, so essentially, there's just random and eight step now. Okay. Um, and then, um, and then again, the burst generator, and then there's an internal clock. So essentially, it can be its own standalone, mm-hmm. um, internally clocked, as well as then it can output the clock. So you can actually then daisy chain together with the um, end of burst. You can daisy chain multiple steps modules together to create longer sequences, um, um, or. Um, you can externally clock all of this as well. So the burst generator can be externally clocked. The um, uh, shift register, the step CV generator, uh, can be a- externally clocked as well. Exactly. You yeah. can you can send them. You can send in uh, a totally separate clocks to each one of them. So kind of, I've always kind of thought of it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've, I've kind of thought of it as in maybe uh, kind of in the same like genus as as like a Woggle Bug and a Turing machine, like. So I, could, I mean, it does, it's not either of those things, no. but it can kind of scratch similar itches. Yeah, and sure. Um, it, it is. It, it was uh, a Turing machine, the uh, Rungler circuit out of the Benjolin. I mean, those were the two open source uh, shift register-based modules. Um, and that, that was the big thing uh, in playing with those that I always felt like uh, it needed was the ability for it to just go on its own mm-hmm. um, and give you some either random or, or repeated um, uh, a step CV okay. uh, to either, you know, as a, a you know, driving a Volt Proactive or uh, putting it into Tilt and then you can get some slides on, those, on mm-hmm. the steps and get some really complex uh, a CV generation going on. So, so. Clarissa... Before, yeah. <laughs> like, don't ask me technical questions. <laughs> well, I was gonna say before. But she does know what kind of LED is going on. Yes. <laughs> well, because you know, before, like you're you were you're not or you weren't. I don't want to say you're not like a modular synthesis. And that's kind of part of my question. Like, how much of before getting into this, that whole conversation we just had yeah. probably would have sounded like Greek. Right? Yeah, it's still pretty Greekish. Okay, that's going to be my question. <laughs> um, they're all words I know. <laughs> um, I haven't put much time into learning how about synthesis. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what an oscillator is. Yeah. I, you know, I <laughs> I know like some time. Really. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I have read some of Passion Tweak. I've mm-hmm. spent a little bit of time on that, and um, just just to get some basic knowledge, but. Um, it, it's it's not an area that I have passion for. Yeah, I have passion for the manufacturing side of it and for the customer service side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the technical side of it just doesn't have a pull for me. Yeah, 
Um, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm not a musician either. I don't. Right. I don't play music. I love listening to music, but I, I'm not um, uh, interested in the technical as- aspects of it. So, so we just you know stay in our lanes. <laughs> I wonder though. I feel like that might actually, as a company goes, be more beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because if you can find your, your like you, mm-hmm. you both like separately, in, like you're both, you're both engaged at an equal level, but in separate in different areas. Which, mm-hmm. And and to be honest, this is from. I've been doing this for two years. I've talked to, you know, a lot of companies, and what I have noticed is it seems like a lot of really successful companies, um, you know, make noise, earthquaker. Recovery, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of husband wife teams out there, there who, yeah. who yeah. they each have whether one design, they they each have kind of their strong suit, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's a really good, mm-hmm. good business model. Give some balance. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I was I, that was something that I was thinking about before I came over. I wanted to ask if getting into making it and getting into this side of it, if it, it all had a pull for you to like want to start patching, or if you do that ever. I don't. Actually. <laughs> I don't. But, but you know what? Our our twelve year old is is definitely interested okay. and and learning. And she 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 spent more time on the on this on the case that I brought with uh, on this weekend. on this last yeah. trip uh, than I did. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, she 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 spent a couple hours over playing with it. Oh really? That's oh, yeah. exciting. Yeah, because like as somebody who's super into it, like. I even built Hannah a system be like, you're going to love it. But it's like, yeah. And it sits That's, there. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you just, you want it. You want, I, I bet if, if I had, yeah, if I had a kid, I, I, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I don't push too hard. Cause uh-huh. when you push your kids too hard, they won't, but yeah, I would be so excited yeah. if like my, one of my kids or like nephew or. Yeah. Something. yeah. Well, you're just making it available and showing by example. And then if they've got, that spark in them, yeah. then it, they'll go with it. Exactly. I also want to see what somebody who gets into it at 12 or 15, what yeah. they do when they're 25 with it. Right. You right. know? Like, I right. mean, I've only been doing it a few years, and I think I make some cool sounds. Like, yeah. what if I got into it? Yeah. Then, yeah. You know, instead of just playing bar chords on it. Yeah. Like a yeah. Guitar. <laughs> right. Or, or how will this inspire? I mean, she's already inspired to run her own company. Oh, wow. Okay. By witnessing. I mean, she's seen me um, run an acupuncture business, and now she's seen us run after later. And mm-hmm. um, she talks all the time about, if you know, what company she's going to build and what. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're yeah. both super artsy, right? They've been into you know, performance art and all sorts of They are. They're both, they're both performers of circus arts mm-hmm. um, and are very comfortable on stage. Um, and they both draw uh, a lot. Yeah. yeah. What a cool man! What cool parents to have. <laughs> Come back in a few years and tell our kids. Yeah, that. right, right, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys are gonna be a few years away from a probably a five to ten year chunk where yeah. you might not be that cool. Right. <laughs> You'll have the synth community to embrace. That's you right. Know. That's right. So there's a third one that's coming up too. Third one, third module. Uh, so that's blend. Um, which uh, the whole idea there is to it's both a, a CD mixer as well as audio mixer mm-hmm. uh, so it's uh, uh, two attenuverters um, that have their outputs uh, blended in 
uh, uh, various ways. So it's got min-max uh, comparator as well as uh, just the summer uh, mixer. Um, but then on top of that, those um, attenuverter outputs are normaled into a, to a pair of VCAs. Uh, so you get uh, a VCA, um, two attenuverters, as well as all that mixing, um, uh, all, all again in uh, uh, 6 HP. I was gonna say, as far as, it's one of those modules that once you're two years in, you drool over. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's hard to explain to somebody who doesn't yeah. fully get it. But yeah. I, I think with something like that, I don't know, I'm trying to think, because I have all sorts of little mixer, you know, utility things. I can't think of anything that has that much in it at that size. Yeah. And you're really good at laying it all out to where it doesn't feel too small to use. Uh, that's a huge complaint with people with the size stuff, yeah. but I've never, mm. I've never had it. One day when you came over, did I measure your fingers? No. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> that's, it's a thing with the micrometer. Is I, I actually uh, go around measuring people's fingers really? to no, understand. I haven't, I haven't been part of that research. <laughs> um, uh, to just to understand uh, the, um, uh, yeah, how people are going to interact, interact, and certainly. Uh, trying to offer some knob variants like on tilt um, I was feeling like the six knobs on it and 6HP was feeling a bit uh, uh, congested um, and so I uh, figured out to, uh, how to how to um, alternate the knobs on that to make mm -hmm. it um, still usable um, and now within like the, the the difference in pots to where you exactly. have the big one exactly when it, when it makes sense like that's all yeah, yeah. well thought out yeah, yeah. So um, th th those are the three, and they all um, in, in the same way that um, um, Bosque, Filthy, Envy uh, kind of all um, act as a family. The idea is these three are kind of the CV workhorses, mm -hmm. as well as the uh, the uh, VCA uh, for to, to kind of complement uh, those other uh, those other three modules to give you a, a complete voice. Yeah, I was gonna say now you have like a six module full voice. Exactly. Because the, the blend can be a VCA and mixer. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So it, 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 it rounds out, you know, just this uh, kind of first analog um, uh, simple. Oh, these are all you know, one uh, one purpose, really, is the intention. But, uh, again, bolted in a bunch of additional functionality of, like, the step CV generator wanting to focus on generating step CV, but was able to also put in a clock and a, and a uh, yeah, pulse generator as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that's so cool. So, and I'm trying to think like that might be one of the only synth voices that I can think of. Well, I think there's still there's a few more things out there. But when I got into modular synthesis, you couldn't get a full synth <laughs> yeah. voice for under twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, this sound I. Is this going to be flying in under a thousand bucks? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when, uh, I mean, with all of our modules, we, we try to be super uh, price competitive because um, we want more people uh, really to be able to enjoy modular synthesis and uh, not have to break the bank uh, yeah. in order to enjoy it. It is still very much a. It, I mean, it's a premium. It, it it modular synthesis is very much a. Uh, premium endeavor. I mean, this isn't something you can get into and expect to, you know, ha have a, a, a full working uh, synth voice for 200 bucks. Right, right. Um, but um, we certainly try to make it so that people's dollars go farther. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's part of the goal. And as, you know, I, I get emails, I would say, I mean, it's not a ton, but I've actually been surprised with how many people listen to this show but are not modular, they don't have modular, but 
because they can't afford it. They want yeah, yeah. it. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about doing it. I, mean, I listen to your show and I want to do it. But um, so, and that, yeah, I, I think we need this, this, this mm-hmm. industry or this niche or whatever it is needs companies like you guys and, and AI, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, because it, it, it is kind of weird that it's a bit of a privileged way of making music. I mean, all I mean, all instruments yeah. generally are pretty expensive, but you can get a guitar for a hundred bucks and you can make music mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's room for all ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can also buy a guitar for, you know, ten grand, right. you know, yeah. and there's room for both and there's people who are looking for one or the other and, and I think it's good to have um, choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have other thing, other designs that you want? So yeah, the, uh, well, actually, what so are we some just dates? what are some dates for these the, the three new ones? Uh, so the three new ones, uh, we are still aiming to get out in July. Um, this this most recent, uh, just this last weekend. I mean, so this is just uh, uh, two days ago. Me discovering something that I wanted to adjust is certainly uh, <laughs> throwing some risk into the release dates. Uh, but I think I figured out uh, how to get manufacturing done in a reasonable way um, and, uh, and and still hit those dates. Um, certainly some risk i love that like see this is something that i that i would have a hard time with is especially with something like tilt that's been around for a while i mean because yeah. i got slopes probably i mean how long you been six months maybe at least yeah um i i'm kind of like i want to get it done the fact that like the last time we chatted you were like yeah it should be out like yeah, like I think as as far as I knew, it was going to be out like next week. Yeah, being that close, I, I was targeting February, March originally. Right, yeah. right. But I just, I mean, I love that you have the patience. That you're you're more you're more interested in having it be the thing you want. Yeah. Well, so this is, I mean, been one of the takeaways um, is that if you're going to put it out there, um, is that um, and really, if I'm going to take people's money for something. Um, I want it to be something that I'm really proud of and that and that they're really going to love mm-hmm. um, because if if it's not that then I shouldn't bother taking people's money for it right yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, uh, trying to get to that and at the same time you don't want to be a perfectionist um, because I mean if you're you know you, you can spend a lot of time on details that people aren't going to appreciate mm-hmm. or desire yeah. Um, and that's just not uh, that's not bringing anybody any value. So it's you know f- yeah. focusing on those details that um, uh, are gonna are gonna uh, bring that value. And and that goes the same. I think I'm gonna talk to you music producers out there, David Lutz. <clears throat> um, I don't even think he listens to my show. But he's one of my best friends, and he has this beautiful album that he made. He started working on it before we were even friends, and I was gonna release it on this label that I was this this little label that I yeah. had. And they still haven't released it. And I'm trying to get him to release an album because he makes beautiful music. So if you're a David Lutz out there, you, there, you have to walk that line. Like, I think I might release stuff too quick, but it sounds like you've got it dialed in, you know? Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the, so. We strive for it. Yeah, yeah, we strive for it. Well, this, for sure. This is one of the things that um, helped me to realize that this kind of design is an art. Mm-hmm. Is that with with art, it's really difficult to know when it's done, mm-hmm. um, and some there's you're gonna have projects where it never feels finished, uh, and then there's other projects where you can work on it and say yes, I, I guess that's this is this is it. But at some point, if you're trying to release it for other people, you have to make a call and yeah. decide it's ready. Yeah, yeah and but that's gotta be hard. 
because I'm sure, like, especially something working on it for months and months and months, you mm -hmm. might, but you get a new idea, like, oh, I could also, I could maybe, there's enough space here, I could add that to it. And that's exactly what happened. With, <laughs> that's exactly what happened with Silt was was adding the uh, unipolar oscillating mode. Uh -huh. Is that I often found myself uh, wanting to um, uh, adjust and not wanting to go through having to offset, mm -hmm. um, and so wanting to get the the uh, the unipolar mode because yeah. at that point only had the bipolar oscillating yeah. mode. So I don't know if he coined the term, but I, I heard Tom Whitwell talking about you know the, the uh, beware beware of feature creeping especially like digital feature creep, stuff well, yeah. I, I, I work in software feature creeps uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. very much uh, very much a real it's a real problem we, we manage it all day long um, uh, the yeah I was gonna go on on some of the other modules yeah, too yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so then uh, we just released um, just kind of dropped out there uh, the uh, gates and trigs module I'm very excited about um, so it's essentially taking uh, a gate in and generating a couple of trigs off of it on rise and fall, as well as then uh, being able to take a trig and uh, generate a gate to be able to control the length of that gate. Nice, simple utility module and two HP. Yeah. Um, and perfectly um, paired with NV. Yeah. So NV, um, it, it can work with a lot of modules uh, for sure. But um, and, and create some really interesting looping action um, as you take uh, trigs in and generate gates. And if you're going back into something that's going to generate another gate, you can get all kinds of kind of goofiness and fun uh, ha happening there. Um, so uh, th that's uh, just kind of a simple utility module. Again, when you're you know first into module m modular, uh, th those uh, utility modules don't necessarily get you excited. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But um, I think folks that have uh, experienced it, and I've had uh, the few folks that I've uh, been able to, uh, I've, I've been talking with about it so far have, um, when they first look at it, they're like, huh, I don't get it. And then they look at it for a good, you know, five, 10 minutes, like, wow, I actually could have used this last night. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so so there's uh, so that's gates and trigs had to shorten it because two HP doesn't give you a lot of space for a name, uh, so it's G and T, um, uh, and um, then uh, we've also um, uh, have a couple of um, riffs on some of the uh, CC by SA, so some of the open source designs. Um, they are all from Mutable uh, that that'll be coming out. So we'll be doing um, having a handful of those as well. Um, and then uh, one of the other exciting projects that we have coming up um, is we've actually been partnered um, with uh, Rob Hordyke, uh on doing a, a new version of the Benjamin. Okay. Um, so um, he reached out um, a, a number of months ago now, um, and we've we've been riffing. We were uh, we're riffing on ideas back and forth on how to change it, what to modify, um, and uh, we're on the second prototype right now. Uh, so probably still a handful of months away uh, as we work through all the kind of final details on it. Okay. Um, but uh, looking to get a, a new Benjolin, um available for everybody in, in a Eurorack format. So. so that's, I'm sure there is at least, I mean, I don't know how many, but I know some ears just really perked up. Because <laughs> ben, the Benjolin seems like kind of this thing that I see, you know, a lot of people asking about how do you get this, where, you know, and yeah. a lot of excitement about it. Um, 
And is that kind of do you do you still have the juggler available? Is that kind of or no? So 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 we've taken the juggler down. Uh, okay. We've uh, we've uh, discontinued the juggler while, while we've been working with Rob um, in, in uh, trying to get a new version okay. um, of 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 the of the Benjolin. The, the Benjolin the opens the one that he um, uh, made the schematic available for um, was originally designed uh, to run off a battery. Oh, okay. um, and so it's got a lot of that, uh, those uh, designs um, uh, built into it. And it was made to work with line level, and it wasn't really made to be your rack mounted. Okay. Um, and so um, uh, we've uh, been working together to um, figure out how to better integrate it into the Eurorack uh, uh, standards. Um, as well as um, uh, Rob is uh, just kind of a brilliant um, technical mind. Uh, I've learned a ton from working with him, an absolute ton. Um, and he's uh, has a whole bunch of additional. Uh, he has he has a handful of additional features that he's added to it, um, as well as uh, just um, made some just kind of core changes uh, to the Benjamin. Um, but um, it's been really a pleasure and an honor to be able to work with someone like Rob. I was gonna uh, say that's like. Did uh, you ever think that you'd be like working with one of the kind of legends? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, it was. Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, to to directly answer the question, uh, but again, it, it, it really has been a, been a pleasure. Um, and uh, I mean, there was a, a while there, probably about a I don't know three week period, where I'd get up every morning and I have like a three page email um, explaining <laughs> some new idea or new twist or new something from Rob. Um, and you know, at six a.m., uh, it's not necessarily the best time to be checking that email. Um, but um, then later in the day, getting to sit down and read that and really ingest it, um, and I've even found myself going back weeks later and pulling, knocking the dust off of one of those emails to really understand uh, one of the um, you know changes and adjustments, and just just kind of that learning process has been great. It's been, so cool. it's been like an advanced uh, or a graduate class yeah. in electrical <laughs> engineering that yeah. you didn't get to when you were in school. Yeah, and just I mean, being able to ask him why he did something, why he you know made this particular change, you know, from schematic A to schematic B, um, has just been uh, yeah. That's so cool. Well, that's I mean, we're already over an hour, but it's my show. Be as long as I want, but also <laughs> I don't want to take up too much of your guys' time. But I I also now you know kind of that's a good segue into. This, this clone world and these, these and what I kind of sometimes jokingly call the clone wars. Yeah. There are people out there who really take it upon themselves to uh, lead kind of a crusade against those who build and sell clones. Yeah. And, you know, I've had people ask me, because I, you know, work with you guys, um, you know, hey, is this, you know, is this this or this? And, and I always tell them that you guys are on the up and up, so I just want to give you guys an opportunity so like how how do you how do you what like what are what are the ethics that you follow on this and like what's what's the code and how how do you guys approach this world because it seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of heat in this world. I will say it all comes from people who aren't the ones who make these open source designs. It seems like, but um, yeah, yeah. Oh. So <laughs> um, so it's it's been a uh, changing. Uh, practice for us because mm -hmm. uh, when it was me in the basement um, recovering from a concussion doing the make one trade one as you've uh, given my 
uh, process a, a, a coined phrase now. Um, uh, and uh, so, you know, selling a, uh, you know, CC by SA, uh, let's use a rings as an example, right? Immutable instruments rings. Um, I didn't feel that terrible about if I was, you know, making one and um, uh, then when it turned into online listings and, you know, uh, selling more than one of these, um, that's when uh, we um, did a kind of a reassessment back, I don't know, it was about a year ago, or s somewhere around there. Um, and we decided that we weren't going to do any any uh, uh, direct compete. So in a place where somebody had made a module available uh, as a as a CC by SA design, um, that we weren't going to do a, a, a direct compete on, uh, on 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 selling that same module. So, uh, like another way to put that is like a one to one. So exactly. So if you're going to sell a rings, it's going to be a nano rings. If you're going to exactly. sell a cloud, it's, it's going to be it, one of the. We new wanted versions. we wanted to make it so that it was something that was uh, it was different and offering some some different kind of value, mm -hmm. um, and um, the. So, so we've been now focused on just offering those different, I don't like just to call it micro, right? Because with all the clouds derivatives now, yeah. um, the uh, um, Typhoon and Monsoon and uh, start to offer a whole bunch of different um, set of capabilities. Um, and so uh, we'll, we'll continue to make all those uh, style modules available mm -hmm. and, and happen, yeah. And when you, so, and then, you know, you've got the Allen and then, and exactly. I'm really excited that you got the expansions too now. Yeah, well, so yeah, so we will have we. Um, or you will. Then yeah, we will have the expansions available. Um, probably by the time this comes out, um, that that they, they will be available. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and yeah, and the expansions. Uh, part of the the idea there is that um, uh, one of the the. Um, uh, Tweaks to the up to the uh, Benjolin V2 that I'm, we're working with Rob on uh, will be to, to partner with those expanders as well. So okay. you'll, you'll get some added uh, um, uh, benefits there as well. Okay, and um, you've been in com like communication with anybody whose design you've you, you've used like Ollie and obviously Rob and Tom Whitwell. Like you've. So, so we've been in with Tom and with Rob, um, with, um, uh, um, on the mutable side, we've not been in communication. Uh, that will be something that will be changing with uh, some of the upcoming, so when we introduce our own um, uh, versions of modules, um, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll be reaching out to ensure that everything's kosher there. Yeah. Especially if it's the first time, I want to be sure. Nothing's changed um, as from a, 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 a preference perspective, so, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. That was that was a whole thing that like I finally did like it took about thirty minutes maybe of research for me to like because it seemed like a lot of people were speaking for for Emily mm -hmm. um, and then I like got a direct out of her mouth quote on the Mylar show and it's like yeah I don't know I just I just wanted to give you guys an opportunity to kind of talk about that because um, I don't know I don't know there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of people, like just like the weird yes. ethical side of it, that people they they take it upon themselves to like. Mm -hmm. I've seen I've seen people call in to question the content of somebody's character, like yeah. how good of a person they were to the core of their soul, yeah, mm -hmm. because they yeah. used a yeah. nano rings, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, come on. 
And I, I, I think that uh, the intention of the folks that are doing that is that the goal there is to try to protect it because it's something that's really important to them, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to protect this ability for somebody to release a schematic and release a board layout um, into the into the community so that people can learn. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, and that was part of why we made that adjustment that, that I mentioned earlier mm -hmm. is that we didn't want people to feel the fear of doing that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I mean, if you're going to release it and you're going to release it under uh, a, a commercial license, so CC by SA, meaning it's available for commercial use, um, and an MIT license on the on the uh, software, um, that if, if they're if going to release that, that then the thing that happens from that is people go and build things off of it. <laughs> um, and so um, uh, wanting to support that, and uh, I, I'm gonna uh, continue to try to build on that ethos, uh, again, with some of the, uh, the additional modules that, that, that will have coming out, mm -hmm. so. And I like also watching how you've kind of entered this world and you, you have, you've been plastic in your approach in that like you're, you listen to you you know like for me I, I think it's a little bit of my mom's personality and me, but I like I hear that and I'm just like you know my instant reaction is like yeah well our government's holding kids in cages right now so pick your battles um, but I it's been I'm very happy to to see that you you know that you you've been you know willing to listen and and make the changes to fit this sure. culture because yeah, it is yeah. very important like like I don't want to diminish diminish it like I kind of feel bad sometimes but because yeah it is it is very important to people the DIY side of it the, the education yeah. side of it is and, huge yeah and, and they want to continue I mean the communities that exist around DIY are just great it's they're just great communities mm -hmm. and uh, we certainly don't want to do any damage or harm to those mm -hmm. um, at the same time uh, again there's all these great designs out there that um, we don't think you should have to be a DIYer. Uh, if you are and you can, great, you should do that. Right. Um, if right. you're not and you still want one, that's what we're trying to offer that you know, we're trying to bridge that gap for folks. Yeah. Yeah. With those designs. And then again, with the, with the after later designs and the, the original designs trying to start to, you know, uh, uh, um, learn from uh, all the all everything that's available and create our own takes on on the on modules. So. Yeah, and I love that you know it kind of it seems like it really ramped up. What started as kind of like hobby to experiment. Had you not done that with an open source base, you wouldn't have yeah. led yourself to yeah, original we've design. Learned, so like, we've learned so much in the manufacturing yeah. side of this, so much um, that I mean, it just it, we would not have known how to do our own designs properly, mm -hmm. honestly, yeah. um, without having had the opportunity to learn. Um, and just, yeah, and we've learned so much uh, from, I mean, not only the schematics and the board, but again, supply chain side mm -hmm. and actually running a modular company um, has just been really, really eye-opening. So, Sweet. educational. I think we did it. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have anything you want to scream from the mod modular mountaintops before we close? Give you guys the final word. Uh, I'll just say thank you uh, for all of the support, and that support is you know kind of originally came here in the Seattle area, then kind of Pacific Northwest, um, and now is really uh, worldwide uh, getting the the. Uh, 
not only you know the the orders but then also just all the kind words that we get um uh people randomly uh, dropping us lines on instagram on facebook via our website um all the places um it's just um it's really motivating and makes putting in the hours uh in creating all these uh, designs and hearing the music that people then produce with it just really so much fun so thank you agree <laughs> <laughs> um did you want to try a patch challenge <laughs> probably not <laughs> it requires having something to patch <laughs> i figured it might be in shambles all right well, thank you um, oh where can people go to see all your stuff afterlateraudio.com right on and after later audio on instagram and facebook right? yes yeah you can yep. find us there All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Lenny and Clarissa, for being guests on Podular Modcast and making such cool, useful modules. Um, And thank you for listening. Um, It was really fun. To, to get to hang out with him again. It's been a while. Uh, the first time I think uh, Hannah and I hung out with Lenny and Clarissa, all four of us together, um, they were nice enough to bring us to a Seattle Sounders game. That's our, our soccer team here in Seattle, and it was a lot of fun um, to sit there and watch a game that I wasn't really like that familiar with and have and ask them questions that were probably really annoying and basic, um, but also talk about modules. Um, yeah, so please visit afterlateraudio.com to learn more. I also want to thank Patchworks Seattle and Needham Woodworks um, for your continued support of this show. And uh, don't forget to check out Void Modular's Sirius is Veil. It's a really fun filter. So as you know, I, I mentioned a few weeks back when all this, uh, when all the, the protesting started that... Uh, you know, it affected me greatly. I felt like I had a, a, an awakening, a, a head pulling out of sand of sorts, and that I was going to, um, you know, set aside some time to talk about it at the end of episodes. And I, I haven't done that in the last few weeks because I feel like I haven't had anything really intelligent to say um, or useful to say that isn't already in existence out there. Um, and I'm still struggling, but I have to be honest, I, uh, I've been having a hard time. I think I think I, I went in really hard, and I think I already got fatigued, and I feel myself um, being being tempted by uh, just you know, uh, sort of like what's the word? Uh, retreating back into my privilege of not really being all that active, and I think I, I think I kind of burnt myself out because I tried to approach it from a stance of, well, as a white person, I need to talk to other white people. And I have a lot of friends and family members who, um, who are kind of maybe not so, uh, concerned with what's happening right now and, and think that a lot of this is overblown and think that there isn't as much of a, a problem with race in our country as there clearly is. And these are emotionally and physically taxing, exhausting conversations, um, you know, I, I have a friend, a close friend, who I, you know, grew up with from a very young age. He's constantly sending me texts, kind of, and, and, and I get the impression that he's he's more interested in searching for evidence that um, 
well, he thinks racism is just trading hands. He thinks that, um, you know, talking about white privilege and, and stuff like that is actually racist against white people. So it's, it's a very, to me, it seems very self-defensive and, and it's, um, I haven't found a way to penetrate that barrier. Anything like he, he just, I, I've tried to explain to him what racism is and how it's kind of a punching down thing and uh, the people in power you can't really be racist towards them um, not in a systemic way uh, but it, it's it's a it's, I just feel a real willful willful um, ignorance not ignorance but a willful disbelief in that like I, just a lack of interest in hearing any of it and it's been so exhausting so I think I think I need to reassess what my role is going to be in this. Um, but I just want to say that it has been, I have been feeling the pull of just kind of going back into my, my privileged spot of, of not trying to make a difference. And uh, I don't like that, and, I'm, and I want to change that. And I think a lot of people out there are in a simple, similar situation. So I guess I'm just trying to talk to all of you out there who I'm, I'm, I know this story isn't isn't my own i know you're out there trying to have these conversations as well and and just know your frustration isn't uh it's not, you're not the only one and i think uh we have to just try to do this with with patience and love and uh i'm i'm kind of wondering if i need to actually become enlightened before i can do that which uh that's like a lifetime of meditation. I don't know. I just want to do good. I just want, I just want to do good, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know, but I felt like I should acknowledge the fact that I hadn't talked about it in a while. Right. You know, and I said I would, so that that's where I'm at right now. Um, let's keep fighting the good fight. Let's try to, let's try to proceed with, with patience and love and, uh, and then hopefully, hopefully we can, uh, we can, we can wake, wake our, our friends and family up a little bit. Anyways, thanks for listening until next week.